All right, everybody, we are live. This is Go Gladiator TV, monster show today. My name is Harrison Painter. And I'm Ryan O.D. And we are your social media gladiators. Big show today, Ryan, big show. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't even want to take anything away from it with any top stories. Um, let's get right into it because this guy is huge. Mike he is Whitman. huge. Let me tell you something. This guy here, he... He is the number one best-selling author of a book called Conversation with Millionaires. He's a, a monster motivator, an inspiration, and he shows people how to turn their passions into profits. An incredible individual. Let's welcome him to the show right now, Mr. Mike Littman. How's it going, Guys, Mike? if I was any more excited. <laughs> do, you guys hear the, is it, do you guys hear the echo a little bit, or is it just me? I am not hearing it at the moment. Okay, I but, am hearing a little bit. Let's see if this fixes it right here. Okay. Hopefully that will take care of everything for you. Okay, there we go. Great, great. Guys, if I was any more excited for being here today, I don't know what I would do. It's a treat. It's a treasure. It's my pleasure to be on the Gold Gladiator Show, which attracts the best people, the best time, you and Ryan, the great Harrison Ryan. I just, I am so excited to be here today. Let's rock and roll. See, Ryan, I love this guy. Awesome, Mike. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I wait to even get started yet. Let's just go. Let's do it. Well, nice, nice to meet you, Mike. Uh, tell us more about yourself. Okay, well, listen to this, guys. I'm going to be 36 tomorrow, okay? But back when I was 19 years old, I was just kid. I was a 19-year-old kid. Yeah, I liked sports and I was all that kind of cool stuff. But I was a 19-year-old kid, literally used to sit in my bed in Long Island, New York. I was reading Napoleon Hill, Dale Carnegie, Tony Robbins. The only dream I've ever had in my life, the only vision, not to be you know, a great athlete or great entertainer, but the only dream I've ever had was to create a platform that could positively influence the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. And one day my goal was millions. Now the question is, if you're listening right now, you're saying, let me ask you this. Have you ever had a dream, a vision, you wanted to do something grand, great, with such grandeur, but you had no idea how to do it? That was me. I went to University of Rhode Island in 1991, graduated in 1995. Uh, my first six years out of college, I had six different jobs. My own parents who loved me dearly, Guys, they love me dearly. They, they thought I should throw in the towel. They're like, listen, you know, why don't you get a real job? Why don't you get a real career? I was bouncing around. I was trying to get this, this business together. I was shaking and baking. You know Carl Lewis, the famous track athlete? I was running backwards as fast as he runs forwards. My own parents are living a fifth floor walk up in New York City. They called me home one day. They said, get your butt on the train. We want to talk to you. Basically, they said, you know, get a life. You know, stop being a dreamer. Stop trying to do these things. And you know what? I couldn't quit. I couldn't quit. Um, and what happened was something very interesting, guys. Let me share this with you. And if you're listening right now, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen. I love peach snapple. You grab your beverage of choice. But the thing here is, is let me share with you something, okay? Back in 1997, I was a 24-year-old kid, and I bought uh, local radio time on a small station, WGBB, 1240, on the right side of the dial, Long Island, New York. And I, used to, I paid 75 hours for 30 minutes of time. Guys, I never had more than three listeners live to my show. Two of them were my parents. I did this show for almost almost was fun, almost 18 months. I shaked and baked. I was doing the show. It was me and the engineer. It was my parents, and I have the only listener I've ever had. True story. His name is Joe O'Neill. He lives in Las Vegas now. He used to drive to the top of a playground because the, the frequency was so bad, he would like shake and bake and manipulate his car to try to get the signal. And that's how bad the station was. If you live down the block, you can barely hear it. Now, <laughs> that show that no one heard. That show that nobody heard three years later. Now, let me fast forward to 2001. 
Three years later, you know, procrastination was kicking my ass, inconsistency, indecision. I was lost. I didn't know how to get started. But ever, if you're listening right now, there's a chance that there's something inside of you. There's something that, you know, you're, this is not your first day trying to do something bigger with your life, right? And, you know, there's a lot of stops and starts during the process. Now, 2001, a friend of mine calls me up, and he says, Mike, he says, you know those radio show tapes from when you did your show three years ago? I said, sure. They're collecting dust in my parents' basement. He goes, let's take those tapes, let's get them transcribed, and let's turn them into a book called Conversations with Millionaires. I know we'll talk a little bit about it later. All the publishers rejected it. You guys will maybe we'll bring it up later. We self-published the book. It's been a number one bestseller, all that stuff. Now write this down. Greatness starts by saying yes to an opportunity. I don't care if you're Tiger Woods, Harrison Payne, to Ryan. Greatness starts by saying yes to an opportunity. Please write right that down. There. I right didn't there. say yes. To doing, to doing this radio show that no one heard. I don't know where the hell I'd be today. I'd be at some job, absolutely miserable, counting the hours until 5 o'clock, wanting to go to bed. I'd be just a miserable mess. Okay? Now, check this out. Okay? There's another lesson in this story. And now, in the last seven years, we've sold millions of dollars with the coaching, products, books, tapes, seminars. We've helped well over a quarter million people, and we haven't even got started yet. But here's the thing. Early in my career, I learned some very valuable insight that I want to just share here early, often, and hopefully mention a few times here. Because if this is all you get today, if you're like, Mike, you talk fast. Yes, I do. I'm from New York, and I get kind of excited when I talk. Is, is too many people are out there, guys, trying to be perfect. The, the, the A, the, all the I's and T's have to be dotted, have to be crossed. You see, when you're an employee, when you're forget about being an employee for a second. When you go to school, what do your parents and your teachers want? They want you to get an A in school, right? Then you go out to the real world. I'm going to give it back to you guys in a second. You go out to the real world. Your boss says, you know, get a perfect. I'm going to fire your butt, right? Okay? So many people listening right now are trying to make the shift from employee to, an, to entrepreneur, have their own business, I think. Okay? And what happens is they're trying to bring the employee mindset to an entrepreneurial venture, and they're getting squashed. Absolutely. The defining mantra of my, of my success, my career, is you don't have to get it right. You just have to get it going. You don't have to get it right. You just have to get it going. If I waited to get it right, I would never have a radio show. I'd never have a book. Write this down. Your target market will celebrate you at a C plus. Okay? People think you know Michael Jordan at a seven at a seventy five percent was the best player in the NBA. Your target market doesn't demand a C plus. All they want is is a solution to solve their problem. All right, back to you guys. Let's rock and roll. Well, you hit two of the three quotes well, I was going to share with everybody of yours. Yeah. And the other one was yeah. people form, form habits, that. habits form futures. And I think that's a very important point as well. Yeah, let me comment then. Let me say this before I say that. And then let me say this before I say that. And let me say this. And let's just keep going. Habits. Listen, I was a complete mess. If you're like the perfect person watching this right now and you want like someone to stand on the top of the hill and like chant something backwards to get success, I'm not your person. If you're talking about negative mindsets, talking about procrastination, indecision, self-image problems, self-worth, the whole nine yards, that was me, okay? So people form habits, habits form futures. And I want to talk a little bit later about another thing I say I think is very viable and valuable and it can help people on the way to victory here today is that your habits is all you got. Now, the point on habits is I talk about something called the not much crowd, okay? The not much crowd. You go into the local grocery store, you haven't seen Mark since like eighth grade volleyball team, and you say, Mark, what's going on? It's been 25 years. You say, hey, Mark, what's been going on with you? What does he say? He says, not much. Then you see Sally at the gym. You haven't seen Sally since you were in cheerleading with her today in, uh, cheerleading in high school 30 years ago. You say, Sally, what's going on, Sally? And Sally goes, you know what, Barbara, not much. 
See, when I realized back when I was 27, 26, 26, 27 years old, I realized I love my friends, but, you know, I say, what's going on? It's so much going on, but they're like, not much, not much. How do you talk about what's going on when the people around you have nothing going on? You feel like a schmuck, okay? So what happens is what I say is bring awareness to people that are in the not much crowd and reduce the not much crowd by 30% in your life. Mike, what does that have to do with, with have people form habits and habits form futures? Everything. You will unconsciously associate with the habits and the mindset of your environment, of the people that you're around. You know, Absolutely. the fastest way to change your Mike, environment. Let me, ask, let me ask you a question. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question. What, what, was it, what was it like when you were, before you had gotten started and you were at that radio show, what was it like when you now then try to form habits and talk with these successful people and you're trying to form your habits? What's, what was it like talking to all those people? I mean, was it exciting or scary or intimidating? Or, you, know, you know, well, here's the thing. It's a great question, Ryan. How is it is talking to these people? You know what? And this is a, just a general point here. Back when I was – I've been reading this stuff and doing this stuff since I was 19, but I just couldn't market myself out of a paper bag. But when I was 24 years old interviewing Tony Robbins and Mumford Hanson and Rich Dad Poor Dad back 12 years ago, the reason why I wasn't nervous, not really, you know, not really an inch, maybe a tiny bit, but not much, or Michael Gerber, the, the author of The E-Myth, or all these people, it's because, this is going to sound funny, guys, I knew their material as good as them, if not better, okay? So like Mumford Hanson or Chicken Soup with the Soul and all these books, I was reading this whole back catalog of books that no one even heard of. So preparation is such a big key to anything where you want to stretch yourself. So yeah, was I, you know, is it nervous to say, hey, my dime, your dance floor, welcome Jim Rohn to my show, Anthony Robbins, famous, you know, number one mentor, these guys. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna lie and say there isn't some kind of thing, I'm 24 years old and these are my idols. See, my idols were never Derek Jeter or, you know, Mel Gibson. They were these kind of motivators and CEOs and business people. So I'm not gonna lie and say I wasn't that kind of, you know, celebrity kind of thing, but I prepared, like you guys do a great job on your show doing, and I was ready. And I wanted to help them share their message. Well, to tie this into social media, I want to make the point that before this show, right, I, I'm talking with millionaires now, right? We're interviewing very successful people. Before social media, locally, what's the habit that we all have? We have conversations with broke people. That's the power of social media. You can reach out, find these successful guys, get in touch with them, build relationships and make business happen. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, I'm going to add a point before I give the dance floor back to you guys. You talked about social media being able to be a, a platform, a place, a location to be able to grow at a bigger level and connect with people like us that you're doing here today. I talk about a concept called your asset of value. Everyone should write that down. It's your asset of value. See, my radio show back then with three listeners, it wasn't really a radio show per se. It was an asset of value. In this day and age, you need to create something that you can, that you can let other people leverage off. An asset of value is an entity that other people can leverage off for mutual gain. So the Go Gladiator Show, you come in, let me come on there, the great Bob Berg and, and other people that have been your guests, and you allow them to step into your platform to bring value back to themselves, which brings value to you. So what, let me give you examples of assets of value. Your new, if you have a newsletter, your Twitter followers, a blog talk radio show, a web TV show, a local meetup group, you want a place where Harrison can say, Mike, hey, come on my show. Let me share with my audience. And I say, well, Harrison and Ryan, you guys are awesome. Well, let me, let me tell my Twitter people about you. Let me tell my friends about you. Let me tell the Pope about you. So you need to create an asset of value because if you have nothing to give, you're not going to get. Absolutely. And let's talk again about social media and how you and I met, right? I have a friend, my mortgage broker, who is not involved in social media whatsoever, but 
He's a big reader, motivational guy, and somewhere along the way, he found you online and saw you live on Ustream oh, really? a few weeks ago. Somehow, he calls me up and he says, hey, Mike Littman's saying your name on the air. He's trying to find you. So, of course, boom, I go right over. There you are. You have me on the show, and, and now here we are, what, a week, week and a half later, and uh, making it happen. Yeah, let me say this. You know, let me make a few notes here. I'm taking notes. I'm, I'm the guest here. I'm making notes. Is, is um, I want to say this. I want to say that before I say this. About this thing here, God, there's something I just wanted to say. I just wanted to say here. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, here, check this out. Here's one of my calling the rules. Okay, rule number 1.8 and a half. The fastest way to get other people to promote you is to you promote other people. I firmly believe it, okay? So I think, especially if you're getting going and you're shaking and baking at a small level and just getting going, find ways to promote other people. What happens was is I promote other people. I never expect them to promote me back, but I know the law is you got to give to get. Everything duplicates after its own kind. That's written thousands of years ago. So I know by me promoting others, by me becoming other people's fans, by me helping other people achieve my goals, I am scheduling – other people to enter my life to help me achieve my goals. Clockwork. Well, and that's where people need to get out of that selfish mindset because at the end of the day, if you help a thousand people, a hundred people, even ten people succeed, you have an awesome shot at success yourself. Yeah, you mentioned the word selfish. I'm going to share here my second favorite quote here. Um, written in the 1940s by America's number one salesman in the 1940s. His name was Elmer Wheeler. Okay, Elmer Wheeler. And Elmer Wheeler said, it's my second favorite quote. If these guys push me late, I'll tell you my first. My second favorite quote is, is um, let me show you what to do this one. Here's, I'll share this one with you. Um, the most selfish way to be is to be unselfish. That's what Elmer Wheeler said. He said the most selfish way to be is to be unselfish. Success is incredibly counterintuitive. The more you hold, the less you get. The more you give, the more you get. So the most selfish way to be is to be unselfish. That's why the Go Gladiator show is a must-see for anybody who wants to improve their life. And these are principles. Guys, in 1964, it was so much tougher to do this stuff. Now, in 2009, where, we, where time is compressed, where locality doesn't matter, where technology is your friend. If you're not on the dance floor shaking and baking, producing value daily, you got to get your head examined. Absolutely. All right, well, I, I, sure. do you think that Do ahead. you think that some people have an automatic success uh, principle built in? I mean, do, they, do, do, do some kids start lemonade stand franchises like Gary Vaynerchuk? Do some kids go out and, and just ride their bike and then become an employee later? Is that, I mean, is there DNA here or is it, is, can everything you know, be learned? Well, you make a good question here, okay? Stuff that, let me just write some stuff down. That's a great question. Stuff that when someone's really young, I mean, listen, do I have all the answers? I'm the furthest thing from all the answers. All I know is I work harder myself than anything else, and there's some things that I've learned through the journey. Um, you know, I think that environments play such a key role in our lives. I really do. Uh, so many of our issues today that people have, they're not issues they picked up when they were 39 years old or 48 years old or 56 years old. They're stuff they picked up 30 years ago. And because, I, like, if you want to talk about a lemonade stand 11 years old, you know, if you have something in your life where you're talking business at home or there's something you desire or your parents say, hey, make some money and I'll buy you something. I mean, our environment plays such a big role. I believe that because if your environment sucks, um, you're going to be, you know, you're, not, you're, going to, you're going to live a life of mediocrity. Okay. If you let inferiority and kind of in your work and you're not really caring about your work and your self-respect drops and your confidence drops. So I'm just one by one here. Nancy, I wrote down three things. Is number one, I'm a big believer in environment. 
is, you know, when I hear the word DNA, personally what I hear is uniqueness, okay? You're wired in a certain way. So if you say, Mike, hey, teach me how to play golf, you know, you'll have a hundred, your score will be 162, okay? We're not all wired the same. And that's where you have to go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. It's such a big deal. You have to go where you're celebrated. Not where you're tolerated. So there's stuff about early on, yeah, there might be, the person might be a little bit more jumping his spirit. He might have seen things. He might have seen what money can do. I don't know. I don't really have that answer, Ryan, because I wasn't that person, okay? So it's like I don't have that life experience to say, you know, I, had a, I was selling baseball cards when I was, you know, three and a half old at, you know, tops, you know, 1976. You know, I'm the guy. But here's, here's why I said it. Here's why I said it because I, I'm I am the guy who I'm young and, I, and I'm still trying to get going and everything with Harrison and it's like I'm learning everything because I'm trying to reprogram some of the things yep. that I grew up with. So I've got part mm -hmm. of me that's you know that's my grandpa and the entrepreneur and the real estate and all that, and then I've got most of me which is my parents, which are employees, always have been, always will be, and uh, they've they've always been the ones saying you know get get a job. You're you know kind of like you. I relate because you're like oh you know you're a dreamer. And so I have that mentality where it's like I'm, I'm fighting against something and I'm really trying to make it happen. Oh. And you know, Mike, 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 I'm sure that you've, yeah, you've, you've read this stuff. Randy Gage talks about memes. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And Ty Bennett, of course, talks about the power of conditioning. And I believe that that's what Ryan has experienced, what most people experience, is you've been conditioned and you've just been bombarded with you're not good enough. You know, you can't do it. Rich people are evil. Uh, you know, money is, is not the route to happiness. We've heard all these things literally from birth. And I think those are the internal struggles that you probably had. I had, and I know Ryan is having. So yeah, here's the word. Let me, this is such a great point, guys. What a great show you guys have here. Let me give you my point. There's I so love many this like guy. techniques, you know, techniques. There's so many people like the last thing I don't have, you know, the, the, the day I became smart when I realized I knew nothing. Okay. But there's a few things that have worked for me again. I think the most important thing to talk on this topic, my own opinion here, is a word you won't see in a success book really in the last 30 years, okay? This word to me is the is the bedrock. I was out with a mentor of mine in New York City three months ago. He says, Mike, he goes, do you know that most people don't work on themselves? And I said, what do you mean? Like, to me, it's second nature. I, I live and breathe that. He's like, no, most people just, you know, it's like kind of like common sense, but I really never think about it like that kind of thing. But here's the word. To me, you grow up in an environment where the most money you made in your family was 80 grand or 200 grand or whatever the numbers were, and there's a mindset there, there's relationships that happen at home, there's programming, get a job and rich and the things you said. To me, there's the most important word in this area, it comes down to courage. I think one of the hardest thing anybody will do in their life, personally, is to have the courage to bring awareness to the crap, thoughts, beliefs, recurring negativity in their lives and it takes courage because you will be living a shell and it's just like you know tribes and religion all this other stuff is there's a shell and to break from the shell means you break from the habits the thoughts the beliefs what's accepted the level of work you produce how hard you work what you're doing but there's a million things it takes courage and i think it takes self-awareness you need to realize you'd say you know oh i just did this like there's so many things that we do that like you know this isn't me, you know, this is, you know, it's, and these are the things that we've been programmed to. This is how our self-image gets beat up. And this is something your self-image, the whole, you know, hour discussion of that 10 hours, but you got to work on seeing the best you. You look at a Tom Brady, look at a Roger Federer, you look at a, a Tiger Woods, they program themselves to follow Aristotle's quote, you know, excellence is not an act, but it's a habit. 
And it's daily. It's little things. I'm telling you, one of the biggest things you can do to change your life today, I think two things, okay? Number one is, and I've had to learn this. I've never been that organized of a person, okay? And most people don't give a hoot about the small details. Okay, when you start thinking about the small details, when you start bringing accuracy, precision, thoroughness, and order to your life, everything changes. You know, people say to me, well, Mike, I work well being scattered, and for one of the thousand people they do, I'm telling you, for most of the people that I work with, they, their environment is so chaotic that they could even find a winning lottery ticket on their desk if they had played it. I find that order, order in your environment is the effect of order in your mind. And it's very tough. Yes, there are exceptions. I don't want to even talk about the exceptions. It's very tough. You know, it's very tough to be successful. You know, forget about it. Forget, I'm not even going to make amends to some other people. Napoleon Hill, his book, First Editions, his book, Think You're Rich, his book, Law of Success. If you look all of them, they say two things, okay? It says, number one, they say more than two things, but for today, organize your faculties. Number two, the secret is an organized effort of Carnegie, Ford, the whole nine yards. I'm really a proponent of getting yourself organized in a major way. Right there, Napoleon Hill, Think and Go Rich, straight from your book. You gotta, he said this on his deathbed, you gotta have a definite major purpose and you gotta have a team put in place. Right there, bam. But it starts with it starts with purpose here. You know, Napoleon Hill also have a definite purpose and a definite plan. You can get whatever you want. And he said the difference between followers and leaders, the 95% of the followers and the 5% of I never talked about this stuff on a call. This is all what a great show here today, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. The 95 and the 5% that are different. He said the 95% of the followers, they have not they have not organized their faculties, so they've not organized themselves, or they've never or they, they don't know how to organize people. The five percent who are the leaders have organized themselves, know how to organize people, and that's why when the, like the poor says, "Oh, the rich make money," and, and rich people can make money very easily. Why? Because they have a mindset that says making money is easy. It's eventually like riding a bicycle, and they've organized themselves. So when a company has Steve, when a company has three hundred employees and they're making all this money, they yell at all these companies. These are people who have worked their butt off to become their best selves, to create an environment, a team, a concept where they can get their definite aim, they have a plan, and they just got to, you know, if you're watching the show today, you've already separated yourself from the pack, and I'm just honored that you're here. Well, I've got to ask you a question, because this is a hot topic right now, especially a young, uh, among young entrepreneurs, the four-hour work week. Yeah. What's your take on that? What do you want me to... Not, not the um... book, not the book, just the concept of the four-hour uh, work week. Okay. You know, I've been, okay, the concept of the four-hour work week. You know, if you read books, let me, let me show you something, guys, okay? If you read books, like this book is from 19, 1900, uh, 1900, 1907, let's just say, okay? Orson Sweats Martin, Making Life a Masterpiece, okay? Let me show you something else. If you read, if you read, look at these books I have there. If you read Creative... Mind and Success by Ernest Holmes, okay? I can bring you a thousand more books if I was prepared here today. You'll see a whole, if you see, books past 1970, 1980 on success, you know, for some exceptions like this one, are almost a joke, okay? They're all about, you know, la-di-da, hoop-dee-doo, and it's kind of, I'm not saying all, I'm saying a large percentage of them. They're very, uh, Stephen Covey talked about this in uh, Seven Habits of Effective People. They're very uh, based on the personality. Okay, they're very based on the personality ethic. Okay, so there's books and there's great books. Um, we can talk about current books that I've liked and all that. But if you go back pre 1930, 
to the success books. You don't see what you see today, okay? You, the writing's different, the insight's different, and what a lot of these books talk about is that work is a divine, is a gift that you've been given to help people, okay? Work is the greatest expression that you have. Work is who you are. It's the people that don't respect their work. See, all work is is, is to all work is is your ability to express a unique gift and talent you have to serve others. So if you don't work, you don't grow. If you don't work, you don't help people. Yeah, can we have leverage work through technology 100%? But you know, they say when people retire, they die soon after because they don't work. I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not. Um, I think that book is a tremendous book. The Four Hour Workweek. I've learned a lot from it myself. But I think that it's important for people to know that work is, is a gift, not a penalty. But I promise you, he worked 20 hours a day, well, seven days about, a week to get the four the hours. Thing. Promise you that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think he even says well, it in the did, book. He did, he did. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great book. The point of the matter is you got your, you got to, there's no lottery ticket mentality. You have to work. You have to bust your tail. See, why I think work is so good, why I'm just in love that you guys invited me here today is because you don't grow unless, see, work, write this down, somebody. Work is the activation of stored energy. Work is the activation of stored energy. If I sit on my ass all day and I don't do anything and I'm going to rot and I'm thinking all about myself, I feel miserable. Absolutely, feel like I'm a, a garbage can. Forget it, what's in the garbage? I feel miserable. When you store up your energy like the mass of people do, that's why they live lives of, you know, thoracic, quiet desperation, is you, when you activate your energy, when you finish a project, when you help others, that's where you get your fulfillment. At least that's where I do. Go ahead, Ryan. Mike, I'm not gonna make I'm gonna make I'm not gonna make this person wrong, but I also I recently got in a conversation, kind of a, a discussion with somebody about uh, about the whole automation thing and about what the market wants. And then he told me that the market wants automation. The market wants things to be easy. And you know what? It was disappointing to me because I said, you know what? That's what separates the Harrison Painters, the the Mike Lipmans, the Rhino D's, and the rest of us out there from the ones that just buy automation. Don't you think that? That this whole concept of four-hour work weeks and automation and all that, it's just another it, – it's like everyone can think that, and then that gives us the edge because we're willing well, I, to get on every day and bust it out. But I think you're making an interesting point here, and I'm going to answer it this way. This, I'm just making some notes here. Is there's Listen, I've been in this business for 10, 12 years or so, and there are plenty of people who don't want to do anything. They just do. But – if I think, you know, and there's all these different mindsets, and there's something in this whole thing, this is a, really almost a full panel dialogue. But what I would say to you is this. When you start, when you start throwing titles like fancy, hoop de da easy, all of these things, to the employee mind, the, see, the employee mind gets beat up in this industry because they're sold what they want, not what they need, and they never know what they want, so they fall on their ass their whole life, Okay. So I think if they can take something here from today is if you've been working in corporate America most of your life, you may be trying to start a home, part-time home business to start or your network marketing, you want to you know, do this or something part-time or you've not been in an See, I don't deal my – I'm talking about the person who's been an employee their whole life. If you start throwing stuff out to them, sounds good, and, and it's the ultimate benefit they want. You know, sit on the sit in Fiji and, and make money through this one, two, three automation you know, tool. It's very scary to these people because they really want it. But they don't have the level of awareness, insight, and wisdom to know that it's not even real. So it's a tough thing. Absolutely. We're, we're going to go over. So I just want to make the announcement that if you're watching right now, if you want to stick with us, 
Um, GoGladiatorTV.com. If you can tweet it out, let's get a bunch of people on here and, and start uh, getting them a chance to see Mike Littman because we're going to go over, but I think we should roll with it. What do you think, Harrison? Well, absolutely, because I want to ask Mike about this situation. Look, number one best-selling author over on Amazon, but the publishers turned you down, right? You decided yeah. to self-publish and put your kahunas on the line with that. So how did that make you feel? What motivated you to self-publish? And come on, that had to be a great feeling when it went to number one. Yeah, so the question of what motivated what, what motivated me to publish. In chapter one here, listen, uh, listen, let me say this, let me say this. I'm the only author in America who reads his own book three times a year. <laughs> I am the only author in America who reads his own book probably once in his life, but three times a year. Why? Because my book is not about me, okay? Writing a book's not that easy. My book's not about me. It's about these nine great millionaires. But to answer your question, Jim Rohn says, I don't know the exact word here. I'm looking for it, but I don't think I'm going to find it fastly. But something about the power of necessity, okay? So why do we do it? What motivates us? Back in 2000, 2001, I, mean, I was working on making $12 an hour, getting up at 4 a.m., going to upstate, not upstate, uh, 80th in uh, New York, 80th, um, 80th Street, uh, taking the subway at 4 a.m. in the morning. It's not a fun thing. I had a necessity. My book, Conversations with Millionaires, was an e-book like months before it became a real book. Why? We needed to make money. Okay? We need to make money. So this book became an e-book. We went to the, the book expo in Chicago. No one said, hey, get a life. I had no audience. I had no asset of value. So we had no choice. And I say this always. You know, I always say this, and people like that, I don't know where they get this, but maybe I'm wrong. I always say that anger precedes change. Okay, and you need to cut me off, cut me off. Anger precedes change. I'm saying that reality motivates. So many going. people are afraid to see afraid to see the reality in their lives, and because they don't see it, they never allow it to motivate themselves to do more. Somehow in this age of, you know, sit on the top of a mountain and chant, we forgot that in the nineteen fifties, Robert Collier, C O L L I E R, an amazing one. I should have brought my bookshelf and maybe do that for the next show, is uh, Riches Within Your Reach. He talked about what's called the gospel of discontent, okay? The gospel of discontent. And if you're always content, then what the hell do you have even to get out of bed? Okay? <laughs> so, so, you know, it's true. The people don't want to get out of bed. The people have nothing to do, nothing to look forward to. You know, Maxwell, I'm dropping these authors, but it's true. I don't need to take credit for because I had to make it up. But Maxwell Moulton, and I'm trying to say these books because maybe some of you guys can get them and read them. Psycho-Cybernetics, some of you read that. He said, you know, man is a goal-striving being. Okay? If you don't have something to look forward to, what happens to you, what happens when you don't have something to look forward to here, I don't know if this is answering your question, but we're just shaking the bacon, so who cares? Is that when you don't when you don't don't have something to look forward to, your focus comes inward. And I believe that self-absorption is the greatest enemy of entrepreneurship. Okay? So when you're thinking only about yourself and your own fears and doubts and blah 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 and all that stuff, you're done, you're really done for that period of time. You get depressed. You get frustrated and all that. So you should be asking yourself every morning, who can I serve? Who can I go the extra mile for? What value can I create today? So about the book here on the question was motivation, yes. I had no choice. It was a great idea. I believed in the product. And I believe that products are the most powerful way to change people's lives. You know, you look at Steve Jobs, what he's done. And I really believe that you start thinking of your products as life-changing, world-changing vehicles, it can change your mindset. Absolutely. And, and you say this, and, and I want to discuss this a little bit. This is important. Uh, as you get successful, right, every level of income demands a different you. What do you mean by that? 
Okay, listen, I was the quintessential business opera, business kind of – I had read 2,000 success books. I couldn't even – I didn't have two dimes to even go buy a gumball at the local barbershop, that little gumball machine, okay? So every level of income demands a different you. From reading all these books and so much of the stuff that's out there that I don't, don't even make – I think is misleading is I had this mindset that I need to make $10,000 a month or I need to make $15,000 a month, and I wasn't making any money. But So I had this mind to make $10,000, $15,000 a month, and I, I didn't know how. And I got to a point in my life where I was so fed up that I just started doing the opposite of everything I was doing. And what I realized is this, is that, is that you need, you know, there are people out there that are probably watching right now that you want to make $10,000 a month and you never made $2,000 a month. You want to make $2,000 a month and you never made $400 a month. You want to make $400 a month and you never made $40 a month. Oprah started with one view and Michael Dell started with one customer. And... What you don't realize is every level of income demands a different use. So when people say, hey, you make $10,000 in 30 days with this stuff, you don't have that mindset to even make yourself a dime. Okay? So you have to recognize that the person you are at $10,000 a month is different than the person you need to be at thirty, at fifty, at a million, et cetera, et cetera. You have to recognize that. So then the question is, well, what are the habits, thoughts, and beliefs and the action steps I need to have to make the income I want? So what happened, guys, is I said, my goal this month, I want to make $300 a month. Okay? Yes, I made $300 a month. Next month, I wrote it down. I'm going to make $500. Yes, $700, $1,100, blah, blah, blah. See, all that stuff, because what most people are devoid of, most, 98% of kind of new entrepreneurs, like people like me 10 years ago, they're devoid of momentum, okay? They are devoid of momentum. So what happens is they become a business opportunity grasshopper. They hop like a grasshopper from this thing to this thing to this thing to this thing. Then their last step is they become a business opportunity casualty, and they're done, okay? So I teach, and everything we do, you see, your spouse or your friends aren't going to celebrate your first ebook sale. They're not going to celebrate your first coaching sale. They're not going to celebrate selling the first chocolate chip cookies at the mall. You need to celebrate small victories or the big victories you'll never have the confidence to achieve. And I'm celebrating Mike Lipman on the Go Gladiator TV show because I visualized it, I had the mindset, and I went and got him. I'm glad you visualized it. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> Mike, I wanted to say this because I, I, just, I just said this in the chat as well. I think that if you don't make what, what you just explained, the concept you just explained, if you don't make that a conscious effort or conscious choice at least, then a monster can sometimes be created because then as soon as you start to get more and more and more success, then you try to make that about what you're doing instead of – who you're being because I know I went from you know zero to twenty thousand dollars in a month and then went well what what did I do to create yeah. that and it wasn't about who, what I did it was about who I was being or what kind of actions I was taking in a conscious effort so I think that as you progress it does need to be some sort of a conscious decision well it does and I've had the same instance where I made a lot of money and I lost it why because I wasn't the type of say no lottery winners I wasn't the type of person who didn't even know how to manage that kind of money because I never had that money before in my life so that's why we say people form habits and habits form futures. You know, we're going to talk early about, like, you know, what success meant. But came up. I think that if, if I can leave you with a few things here today, if someone asks me what success meant, you know, Earl Nightingale said it's a progressive realization of a worthy ideal. I don't have a fancy definition. I think it's every day. Oh, here's, what I, here's my fancy way of saying it. One of the habits, probably the best habit I've ever had in my life, I've had it for 10 years, I don't know how I got it, is never go to bed the same person you were when you woke up. Never, ever, 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 ever go to bed the same person you were when you woke up. What does that mean, Mike? Learn one idea, read one book, one, make one mistake, make a new relationship. I have no idea how people go to bed the same person they woke up. I don't even – that's like an alien idea to me, okay? 
So it's very important with that. It's very important about success is every day build yourself, work on yourself, become aware of stuff that's holding you back, new thoughts, new actions, new relationships. You don't have to get it right. You just have to get it going. And I'm telling you that there are people listening right now. We've all had moments of brilliance, okay? You're like great for a week or great for a month, and all of a sudden you fall off the bus. You never get back on. Every great person has moments. See, let me say it this way. I call getting your moments of brilliance, you get on the bus. You get on the bus, you're doing great, and then you fall off the bus. And most people fall off the bus and never get back on. They've had moments of brilliance. Tiger Woods, Michael Dell, Steve Jobs, Harrison Payne, to Ryan, everybody falls off the bus. The key is to get back on. And it's such an important thing here. I quit on myself so many times. Excuse me. I gave up on myself so many times, but I never quit. And I'm telling you, let me hope, I want to say one other thing here. This is a very important thing here is that once in your life, once for some of you, you know I'm talking to, once in your life, give yourself the gift of focus. Give yourself the gift of focus. So many people are so scattered. They're all over the place. They're just lost. I believe, you know, Andrew Carnegie says, put all your eggs in one basket and then watch that basket. I believe focus will do more. For, I believe 30 days of focus will do more for than you, that will you accomplish more than you did in the last two years. Could not agree more with that. Ryan? A couple of, couple of things from the, from the chat. Um, we've got Laura who wants to know, what, what was your first uh, favorite quote? What was your number one favorite quote? I, I can't tell you guys that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really, I'm pissed off. I'm upset that I can't see the chat. I love talking to people, but I, I just can't see it in my setup here. My first favorite quote, I believe, is the secret of Ryan and Harrison's success and will be going forward. It was said, I think, in the 1950s by Albert Einstein. And I think it's, it was relevant then. It was relevant 10 years ago, but it's even so much relevant today. And Einstein said this. He said, don't look to become a person of success Look instead to become a person of value. Don't look to become a person of success. Look instead to become a person of value. Every day you should be becoming more valuable. You know, if you read a good, like if you people say, well, Mike, how do I get a mentor? How do I get a coach? Blah, blah, blah. I say, find somebody that you want to help, that you want their help, and be valuable to them for the next six months without asking anything. It is, so, you know, Harrison lets you make with that. He likes golf. He likes Callaway golf clubs, and there's something big on that. Send them an article. So Ryan likes something. It's so easy to share value today. You're with a lot of you, you know, you guys are social media experts. You get on Twitter, you retweet, his, retweet something, you help. Be, if you become valuable, you accelerate your path up the ladder in the fast, furious, ferocious way. That's the bottom line. Well, let's we'll talk, talk about, about your CD, Greatness Held Hostage. Yeah, I mean, the that's value of 40,000 people. So let's give back to you and let everybody know. I mean, tell us a little bit more about Greatness Held Hostage and, and what you offer. Okay, great. Okay, great. I was going to talk about more of what I offer. I'm not going to really do it unless two people in the chat room say they want me to, guys. I need at least two people to say, Mike, tell me, or I'm not doing it. You, I trust you. You're going to be honest with me. <laughs> Come on, people. Let's get it done. Come on, people. Let's get it done. I need two there people. There we go. Yeah. Right there. Two people. Done. Okay. 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 Shoot. I actually got about so seven. Okay, good. You guys are awesome. Okay, check this out. Now, um, in 2002, see, most – I wish we had – we'll do another show because I only have about five, six minutes left here – is um, – in 2001, 2002, 2002 was, I got so pissed off one day, okay? And I always get mad when I'm just not giving value. I just, just I don't know, maybe that's my wiring. 
And I sat down and I wrote an outline. It took me 12 minutes. I know how to teach people how to create their own CD in five minutes, and it's really easy. That's a whole other discussion. I created an outline. It took me about 12 minutes back then, okay? And I, re I sat down. I created a 12-minute outline, and then I recorded a 58-minute CD called Greatness Held Hostage. It's right there, okay? Greatness Held Hostage, okay? This CD in the last six, seven years has been heard by well over 40,000 people, and many people have said it's the single best CD and not, not package, it's one CD that in, that's in this industry since Earl Nightingale recorded The Strangest Secret in the 1950s. Are they right? I don't know, okay? I don't know. Though I will say to you, if procrastination is an issue, lack of focus, inconsistency, indecision, you, you need a kick in the ass, you need some motivation, you're around the wrong people, you can get this free by paying uh, shipping and handling, it's like five bucks or so. If you go to greatnessheldhostage.com, okay? Greatnessheldhostage.com. If any of those things I just outlined can help you, then this CD is just, uh, I'm telling you, you there's, only, there's two kinds of people, guys. You either never listen to it when you get it, or you listen to it 8 to 12 times. That's what people say. So this is a really great thing here. Um, you know, I have nothing to sell here because your audience just wants to buy stuff, so they can go to MikeLemon.com and find what they want. But this book, Conversation with Millionaires, they can check it out. Uh, you know, my thing is here is especially when the Gold Gladiators show. Well, let me say this. God, I'm so much here to say with you guys. You guys pulled such good stuff out of me. Marketing is the most powerful way to change lives, okay? If you can't reach somebody and hold their attention, you can't sell them. And, if you, and I believe we're living in the age of golden rule marketing. If you want to sell your product or service to your own parents, brother, or sister, don't sell it to anybody else. So I believe in you, you should sell the, the, sell the hoot out of your products, and that's why you should get this book. You should get this CD, and you can go to Mike Lippman, uh Mike, L-I-T-M-A-N.com to learn more. You know, that's cool. Everything will be li linked up on goglidermedia.com. All the links, all everything about Mike will have up there. We'll have a replay of the show. Uh, Mike, I know you got to get going. I massively appreciate you coming on the show. Fantastic individual, and we are going to have you on again very, 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 very real, soon. Real, real, real quick, because this, is, this, this show is all about the people that have come. So I want to make uh, – JWR 1960 asks, how many major tasks did you accomplish each day? Do you have a quick answer for how many tasks yeah, people should accomplish Great question, day? J.D. Great question. Great question. I taught for many years the Success Six, okay? This is what Mary Kay taught who learned it from uh, uh, Ivy. Uh, Phil – not Phil Ivy. He's a poker player. Charles Ivy. I don't know the name's going to be. Who taught uh, – uh, um, who taught uh, Schwab, Charles Schwab, and this goes back. It's the success six that you, you know, list six things, you do them in the order of importance. That's an amazing thing I teach, but for just because of time limit, I want to teach you something else. I'm so glad you're, this is, this is the best question of the day. I'm not taking anything away from you guys, of course, but audience questions are always the best. Is that, is, I call it the 1% principle, okay? Most of the people that I help are the people that I've described to that used to be me, okay? So if you're making you know, a million dollars a month doing some things. My stuff can help you, but it's probably not for you. The people who celebrate me the most know this, and you, you're, you're watching here. Um, the 1% principle is this. I believe that you should be moving your business forward and yourself forward 1% a day. Not 10%, not 100%, at least 1% a day. So if you just start, this is kind of you just starting out in a business, you're trying to get going, doing something part-time, whatever it is. I believe that the 1% principle states that you have to write down and identify two things each day that you need to do 
and you do that, okay? So can you do six or can you do nine, whatever? I find that the key is getting people into momentum. And if you and if you and if you isolate two or three things that you're going to do every day and move and touch your business one percent a day, move yourself forward one percent a day, will make the world a difference. So the answer to your question is find two or three simple things that you know, not make a million dollars because that's not going to happen, but. Get wins in your life. Get victories in your life. Go to bed every day seeing progress. And progress is what so many people need today in this world. And get that by following the 1% principle. Two or three things a day that stretches, they stretch you 1%, get momentum, get victories, then you can expand it from there. Love it. Love, Love it. it. Love and it. Mike, you know what? Mike, you know you what know our what? favorite quote is? You know what? Go Gladiator TV. Love it. Love it. That's what I'm talking about. All right, Mike, well, I appreciate you coming on the program. We're going to have you on again very, very soon. Be sure, MikeLittman.com, check that out. We'll link everything up for it. Uh, monster show, Mike. I knew it would be. All right. You guys are awesome. Thanks for all in the chat room. V5 to you. See you guys soon. All right, thanks, I'm going to Mike. check out All right, everybody. Mike Littman. I mean, that, uh, that guy is 150 wow. miles an hour of success yeah. all the time, right? All right. Awesome Get, show. He gets it going, that's for sure. All right. Well, in closing, we, we've got to talk about uh, the guest tomorrow, Marcus VaynerMedia, Gary Vaynerchuk's right-hand man over at VaynerMedia. We're going to have him on the show, so we're going to talk about what it's like to work with Gary Vaynerchuk and how, how to work yeah. in an environment that just explodes as quickly as he did. Uh, talk about a lot of questions for somebody that works with Gary Vaynerchuk. Absolutely. So submit your questions to us, and we'll, we'll ask him about that. Uh, don't forget to support our troops in the Flag Still Stands for Freedom campaign spearheaded by Laura Kennedy, at Laura Kennedy on Twitter, and Facebook.com forward slash Flag Still Stands for Freedom. Make sure to check that out, support our troops, shoot a video. We're going to send all these things out to the troops and make a difference between now and Veterans Day. Uh, and I'm sure Laura's going to keep keep that going past Veterans Day. So, uh, Show recaps always up on goglidermedia.com. And folks, please leave us your comments, your questions, your feedback. When you see guests coming up, leave us a comment on any question you want us to ask, ask the guest, and we might just pick your question. Uh, join our Go Gladiator TV fan page over on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Go Gladiator TV. And uh, you asked for it, and I'm delivering. As at this point, the tentative release date for my ebook is September 28th. So be looking yeah, for yeah. that. That's a monster. That's a and, one. you know, I can tell you with Mike Lippman, a script is really almost out of the. Uh, <laughs> the question the guy is so full of energy and so full of information yeah. that you really can't can't stop him you can only hope to contain him a little bit so uh, that's awesome so all right well i think that's it for us today my name is harrison painter and i'm ryan od and we'll see you tomorrow 2 p.m eastern folks love it love it go gladiator tv love it love it love it love it Love it. Love it. We love vitamin water and go Gladiator TV. Woo! Love it. <laughs> go Gladiator TV. Love it. 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 I'll tweet about you. So. Oh, you're a tweeter. I am a tweeter. Go Gladiator TV. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Go Gladiator TV. I love it. <laughs> it's embarrassing.